This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. And uh, do you have any questions for us before we get started? I thought we were going to talk about metal, Dave. Well, you know what? That was going to be one of my questions with the lineup that I bring to you tonight. Just you wait, sir. So, without further ado, five, four, three, four. Three, uh, two, one. <laughs> what? It was. Okay. Hello, world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome back, listeners. This is the Happy Hour with uh, a bunch of people, aside from myself, whose name is David Jose, and I'm at Metal Dave Zero One on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by Beth. Hello. I'm at H-I-V-E-R-H-U-I-T on Twitter. And Veronica. Yeah, I am at C-H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And we're the happy hour at happy hour on Twitter. Now, Veronica, it's not just us three tonight. We actually have one more person that's on the phone with us currently. And if you could tell the listeners who this person is, please. Our esteemed guest this evening is... Mr. John Liu from TSN. John is a Montreal Bureau reporter for Sports Center. He's born in Vancouver, but he's really native from Winnipeg. And he got his journalism degree there. And since he's joined TSN, he's reported on the NHL, the MLB, the NBA, the CFL, the NFL, and the PGA Tour. Uh, he's also covered the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the World Series, and international hockey, and in the early 2000s, unfortunately for Mr. Lou, he covered the Maple Leafs in Toronto. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's when Ty Domi was there, no, John? Yeah, exactly, yes, that was his heyday. Wow. Wow, no kidding. So, he owned Toronto. Oh, wow. I yeah, can only that. imagine. So, and now he still owns Toronto. Uh, yeah, speaking of, what a week for Mr. Max Domi. Wow, what a firestorm that, that lit up uh, on uh, on the Twitterverse. A friend of mine uh, IM'd me, or no, sent me a text message, sorry, whatever it was. And it was uh, one of the uh, articles written from, uh, not Habs Eyes on the Prize, but what's the equivalent over in Leafs land? Pension plan puppets. Oh. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yep. passion, it passion is. fun it, puppet. It yeah. literally is. Oh, wow. PPP. Wow, I was wondering, I'm like, because I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a joke or not, because I don't know. No, I but, thought it no. was a joke. So it was an article written with one of the lines of uh, Max Domi thinks about the Toronto Maple Leafs every day. And I was like, man, I don't know if that's entirely true, but it's the usual mudslinging <laughs> that one would expect when it comes to hockey. But, um, yeah, so Mr. Lou, welcome to the Happy Hour, and thanks for uh, coming. Um, you know, thanks for uh, calling in tonight. My question for you tonight is: um, Have you? Uh, did you look into uh, anything that came out of the golf tourney today uh, with uh, Jonathan Drouin and uh, some of the uh, people from the organization talking and whatnot? Uh, to be honest with you, Dave, um, I've kind of shut off. I've just I'm out at my my Nova Scotia home with my wife and little dog. I uh, have been here for the last week and a half, and so we've just kind of unplugged and uh, been on vacation and just taken a break from a little bit of everything. Um, I hadn't uh, read, seen, or heard what came out of uh, Jonathan Dewayne's uh, tournament today, but I was mm. actually pretty interested. I knew it was going on but was pretty interested in what he had to say, what um, what he was getting quizzed about, simply because of how his season ended. And um, when he spoke to the media at the conclusion of last season, what he said he wanted to undertake and what his uh, summer was going to look about, look like and, and what that would translate into um, once they started in training camp. So actually what, uh, what you might want to throw on the table that um, uh, would essentially be news to me, I will react to it, but it was, <laughs> it was something that's to be perfectly honest with you. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to be getting back into the flow when I get back into Montreal area on Labor Day. But uh, for the, or 
yeah, Labor Day, but for the time being, I'm just kind of taking a little break from uh, from a bit of everything. Super. That is... It's well-deserved. Awesome. Yes. I'm good for you. No, no. Thank you. A, what kind of Thank dog you. do you have, if you don't mind us asking? Uh, I... I have a Morky. Um, she's, uh, oh, yes, thank you, Veronica. It's like, yeah, I know. It's like you follow me on Facebook, so you've yeah. seen pictures of my Morky, uh, Mindy, my Morky Mindy. Um, oh, my God, that's uh, adorable. Thanks, <laughs> she's, she's, uh, she's half Maltese, half Yorkie, and uh, 100% attitude, uh, five pounds, <laughs> and uh, runs the house, basically, is the... Uh, uh, <laughs> in her mind, the equivalent of a 100-pound Rottweiler. Or if you're Shea Weber, yes. about 195-pound uh, Great Dane Mastiff, English Mastiff Cross. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Veronica, you said That's you had a couple awesome. of things. Oh, so from today's tournament, John, they had mm. um, Claude Julian was there. And mm -hmm. so obviously Jonathan Drouin was, and so was Alan Walsh, fortuitously, and um, <laughs> uh, Matthew Pekka as well. Um, so the, one of the things, a couple of the things that Jonathan uh, mentioned, or Joe as he's called, mentioned was that uh, he, he was asked specifically if he's been meeting with a sports psychologist uh, something that he mm -hmm. demurred, um, saying nothing against the profession, but no, he hasn't been meeting with anybody like that. Um, he, uh, Claude, uh, no, not Claude, Dominic Ducharme was also there. He mentioned that, um, he made a point of saying that um, Drouin had been to see him this summer, earlier this summer, to go over videotape and see what he did well and what he didn't do well and, you know, kind of review tape and everything on his summer vacation. And a lot of people seem to go, oh, wow, what a relief. I, I wasn't surprised considering how determined he seemed to be at the, at, you know, after when they were cleaning out the, their locker rooms. And you were there and he gave quite a speech mm -hmm. and he seemed to yep. me to be like his resolve is there. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, just to your last point, Veronica, um, with respect to Dominic Ducharme, I, I, I really believe that... Um, that was a relationship that would come to bear fruit at some point mm -hmm. in his and uh, Jonathan's tenure with the Canadians, simply because they enjoyed such success together with the uh, with the Halifax Mooseheads. And um, mm -hmm. so many believe that that uh, Ducharme's uh, his 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 close ties to Jonathan and uh, uh, just his his intimate knowledge of of his game. And the way that the player ticks uh, from from his junior days would uh, give him uh, sort of an inside track on what would really help on trying to press the right buttons or at least uh, help get the most out of the player. And um, for uh, for Dominic to be um, uh, disclosing this to the media, that's uh, that is a real positive sign, I think, for uh, for Canadian fans to, uh, to to chew on simply because we all know that uh, that Jonathan has um, just absolute mad skills, uh, talent mm -hmm. off the charts. Uh, the uh, the player polls within the room um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. reflect that. So that his teammates saying that that when it comes to skills, that there's nobody that really even comes close to what Drouin can yes. do. And right. uh, so, um, uh, as far as the sports psychologist side of things is concerned, whether or not he's actually been, uh, you know taking that, uh, that particular route or, or trying that avenue, which, and I mean, that's not a, uh, that, that isn't um, um, uh, a, 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 a negative or a sign of weakness uh, because I mean, heck, you know what? Tons of athletes do that. Uh, I, I, uh, professional golfers on the PGA tour are particularly uh, tapped in to the sports psychology side of things because it's, it's basically them against the world the individual against the world. Um, and so, but even from the team standpoint, uh, teams uh, employ uh, sports psychologists or uh, uh, professionals of a similar ilk. Um, and so if Jonathan was going that route, hey, no problem, whatever works. Um, I remember <laughs> reading or seeing comments over the course of the off season that um, uh, I believe it was, I forget which golf tournament it was, but he said something to the effect that, um, that he was working on his conditioning as well. Um, that's that I guess he wanted to, um, 
try to up that part of his game. And so there, whatever components there are um, that can augment his natural talent and his skills and abilities, uh, all the more power to him because we've seen it. Until he kind of um, hit a bit of a dip, uh, essentially his production fell off the map from about, uh, I guess it was February on in the last season, he was heading toward a career season. And, uh, and he really couldn't put a finger on what it was that, uh, that contributed to that, uh, that decline in his production. And uh, it was uh, one of the, uh, the unfortunate parts of the Canadian season in the second half that uh, if Jonathan had been able to, um, to uh, put points on the board, who knows, they might have accumulated enough to, to make it into the playoffs. But, hey, you know what, that's water in the bridge spilled milk. We're not going to revisit that. But uh, the fact of the matter is is that whatever steps he's taken, it sounds like he's really um, been very diligent about uh, correcting whatever it was that that contributed to uh, um, a decline in his game over the last two, three months of the season. And so, um, you know, the highest paid forward on the team and certainly the guy with the most skill – out of all their forwards, um, if uh, if he can turn his game around and come out of the gate strong and maintain that through the course of the season, then the Canadians will be a better club because of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I know that um, <clears throat> people want to kind of throw in the towel on Duran just because one would say he's aging, quote-unquote. Uh, but I would say, no, that's definitely not the case since um, whom was it I was uh, looking at on uh, Twitter today? Oh, yeah, Duh. our friend Grant McCagg was mentioning one of the things that Duran probably has to work on is his conditioning. And like, uh, John, as you said uh, just recently, Drouin's, uh focused in on that. He's focused in on, yeah, reconnecting with Ducharme in the offseason and trying to uh, figure out tape, you know, looking at the tape and seeing what he did right, wrong, and et cetera. So based on those two things, one has to expect good things uh, going into uh, next season, certainly. Um, I wanted to get your take on another thing that happened at the golf tournament uh, today. And I'm just looking at Eric Engels, our great prestigious friend here. And uh, Claude (laughs) had uh, an interesting thing to say. Whereas, just reading here. And a a reporter asked uh, about his expectations for the season, and Claude had responded, I think we have until September 9th for our official golf tournament, and by then we'll have more clarity on what to expect because there's still some things we're discussing. You want to take a scalpel to that? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I just think that's Claude. uh, I think that's Claude just being, um, I think... uh, uh, dangling the carrot, quite mm-hmm. frankly, um, because uh, I mean, really, the, the the Canadians Charity Golf Tournament is the official start, uh, mm-hmm. unofficial start to uh, to the Canadian season, uh, preceding training camp, and so it really wouldn't help him or the team to be um, expanding at length on what his expectations are, what he wants to see from the club, what he wants to do with respect to. Um, systems, power play, you name it, uh, because there will be plenty of time um, a week and a half from now uh, to to go into greater lengths and much deeper than that. And we will, um, because that really is when things start uh, with a bang. And uh, so um, I, I, I'm sure that Claude has absolutely, I mean, to answer the question, if he were to answer the question, he would have, a, a, an absolute arsenal full of, of information and um, uh, and points to make, um, but it just doesn't serve him at this point in time to um, to address those things. Um, but I mean, if we were to speculate onto exactly what that would be, it's like, well, yes. what do they do with the power play, <laughs> and uh, what uh, what do the what does the team do with respect to um, uh, improvement, the group as a whole? simply because they didn't make any um, significant changes to the roster. Essentially, this is the same group that finished the season, with the exception of, say, Ben Sherratz, uh the exit of Jordy Ben, um, bringing uh, Cousins in. Uh, but, I mean, we're talking a depth forward. Uh, but the failed uh, offer sheet of Sebastian Ajo, obviously, 
Mark Bergevin believed that they needed to upgrade at the center position, and he made a bold move that didn't pan out. So that really tells you that, okay, that's that's a part of the club that they want to see improvement at. But um, in the absence of hard results in that area, well, um, what do they do with the group that they're going to go into camp with, which essentially is the same one that's actually one to two weeks into July that was and is going to be the roster that they're going to go to camp with. And so, um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're going to be, those are the types of questions that they're going to address on September 8th. Um, and um, it's um, honestly, at this point in time, it really wouldn't have served him or it wouldn't have done him any good to, to go into detail about, or to answer those questions at any length at this point. So it really doesn't surprise me. Quote is just, uh, I mean, he's been around long enough and is savvy enough that uh, that, that wasn't going to be um, one of the rabbit holes he was going to go diving into at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, for Trude. sure. Yep, <clears throat> makes sense. And camp is on the 9th, just so for, for okay. our listeners. Yeah. It's on the 9th. Um, but, and the coaching staff has been together, has been together already for several days now in Montreal, so they're already at it. Oh, yeah. Well, the, yeah. basically the players, yeah, uh, at this point, yeah, uh, we're uh, late August. The, the players would have mm-hmm. been congregating back in Montreal at, uh, at the practice facility, skating on their own, uh, skating together, uh, just getting their legs back under them. Uh, and uh, coaching staff, same thing, too. So, I mean, really, that's, uh, the, uh, the off-season ended um, probably over the last week. And uh, so, um, yeah, uh, like was mentioning earlier, Veronica, that's, um, you know, whatever the coaches, what, whatever Claude would have, could have said today, that's been mm. discussed with the coaching staff already. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Sure. No, it's that, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah. And so it's really exciting to see what's, uh, what this club is going to be able to do, uh, moving forward. Um, simply because when we were at this time last year, not a lot of people expected to do much. And it was just, you know, just a week and a half away from, Mark Bergevin making the the huge trade with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, that mm-hmm. really uh, changed the face of the club to a large degree once they headed into camp. And so in the absence of that, um, uh, who knows? Bergevin has the talent and the ability to, to pull rabbits out of the hats and surprise us with uh, moves when nobody's expecting it. But, uh, but quite frankly, um, you know, knowing what the motivation was behind that particular trade. I just don't see there being anything um, in the hopper. Like if you look down the roster, who is there that he wants would potentially move that um, uh, would shake up the roster or make a change to the same degree that, um, that he did last summer when he moved up patch already moved out Alex Galchenyuk. Um, uh, I, I firmly believe that it's going to be quiet between now and next Monday. Or next, or excuse me, two Tuesdays from now, or two Mondays from now, uh, when we, uh, when we, when we're at Laval Solalac and uh, and Claude and you're going to be there. Answers the questions that we're addressing. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's that's a given. That's that's the first day on the calendar for us for sure. So, so excellent. Lucky. We'll be there. Excellent. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering too, if you don't mind my prying, are you going to be heading to the uh, rookie uh, showcase, uh, the one in Belleville? I was wondering about that myself, Dave, simply because it's kind of uh, in the um, neutral zone between mm-hmm. Toronto and Montreal. Belleville is uh, a little bit in that space. It's kind of between us and them. And uh, so I suspect that it may be a Toronto reporter staffing that one. Um, although having said that, we've got uh, the Canadians, the Jets, and the Senators. So I wouldn't rule it out, uh, the po- uh, you know, mm. rule out the possibility that I could be going over there. But uh, but having said that, I've got football duties next weekend too, so uh, that's uh, that may impinge on the possibility of me uh, heading out to Belleville. But uh, but it would be interesting simply because there are some exciting prospects that um, many believe have a chance uh, to, if not necessarily crack the roster, um, at least have a good showing in um mm-hmm. in training camp and preseason and training camp preseason <laughs> and uh, and at the very least will uh, make for a very exciting Laval rocket team. Oh yeah, for sure. That's um definitely one of the things that I have on my mind because uh who's going to this uh rookie tournament? We're looking at, you know, Josh Brook is a name and of course Ryan Paling will be going and also our Nick Suzuki. Unfortunately, 
uh, I'm sorry, it's either Joel or UL Teasdale, uh, was also slated to go, but he had that unfortunate uh, accident that pretty much, uh, you know, put him on put him on the bench for the next, oh, what was it, six months or so? So he's probably mm-hmm. missing right. a good deal of hockey. But, you know, better rest him up, fix him up, and he can come back next year and see what he can do. So, but no, um, I'm going to be heading to uh, Belleville, uh, at least for one of the games uh, with the Canadiens. And uh, I was thinking, oh, well, if John Lou is there, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so I was just curious. We'll get together, Dave. If I'm out there, we'll get together. Awesome. <laughs> Guaranteed. That, that would be a lot of <laughs> Love fun. Love it. <laughs> um, I accidentally broke... Oh, sugar. I accidentally broke Dave's heart when we what? were in Montreal in... <laughs> Listen! When we were in Montreal in February, because we were at McLean, and John, you showed up on TV, and I was like, oh, look, John Liu, and Dave turned around, and he was like, where? He was so excited <laughs> to see you, and I felt so bad. Oh, my <laughs> so God. Well, well, now, on the TV. well, now you should have told me where you were. <laughs> the wound. You should have told me where I were. I would have come to meet you. The wound just opened up, Beth. Thank you for reminding You're me about welcome. that. You deserved it with your burrito uh, opinion. Well, next time. Uh, next time. Next we'll, time. We'll figure Whether it out. Whether it's Belleville or Montreal, next time. Super. Guaranteed. Right. You just right. let me know where you're going to be, and we'll get together. Yes, Excellent. we'll definitely buy you a draft. Oh, we're definitely good. Well, that's in a while, though. And that's after yeah. the cup anyway, so. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a year uh, will be now. there for sure. So yeah. you mentioned yeah, I will be there, guaranteed. Excellent. Now. Now, John, you mentioned that you, you, you're probably going to be on football duty next weekend, right? Oh, well, not probably. Will be for sure. Yeah. Oh, will be. Okay, so are you looking to improve mm-hmm. on your statistics with the Alouettes? <laughs> oh, my receiving stats? Yeah, I, it seems, right. I believe that's, you have a one completion yeah. for four yards, which, you know, it's more than more than any yeah, of us. That, yeah. That's that was really understated because that pass <laughs> came from the stands. And so I have to think that that was at least a 15 to 20 yard completion. And that was oh, all in the air. Amazing. That was not yard. Oh, and you were a ways so, into the yeah. field too. Yeah. So what actually happened was that, um, I was, I was standing at the sidelines, um, by the Alouette's dressing room waiting for Kahari Jones to come out after mm. halftime to interview him and Vernon Adams, because he was still on the injured list, um, he was playing catch with the fans through halftime. And so he tossed the ball up in the stands and uh, a fan threw it from probably about, I'm guessing about seven or eight rows into the stands. And uh, I was just standing there minding my own business and he tossed the ball over through Vernon big time. And what I realized in the moment though, is that he was throwing it to me. So I reached up, um, and full extension and, and, and one handed it. Oh. And, uh, so it, it's, uh, yeah. So it became, um, a, a moment and the, the cameraman that was with me, who was going to, to shoot the interview <laughs> with Kahari Jones. Um, the only reason he was videotaping was because I asked him to shoot, uh, Vernon playing catch with the fans. And so, uh, he captured part of it, Vernon's reaction the aftermath and the Perfect. catch, not the actual catch, but uh, yeah. So that's where that came from. But uh, our producer, um, you know, his sense of humor, I, I give him credit for that. The, uh, the, the, the completion <laughs> stats, but they greatly understated it though. I, I never took issue with it, but it's, it, it's a fact that had to be at least a 15 yard catch. So yeah, five yards was, it was understated. Perfect. That's excellent. Good that's job. so excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Well done. Now, um, so let's see. I know we've had you on for a good bit now. We don't want to keep you, but I have I have a final question for you. And is there a better sure. lineup than um, Yannick Gares, Dave Murray, Steve Harris, <laughs> Nico McBrain, <laughs> Bruce Dickinson, and Dave Murray? Or did I just did I just repeat Dave Murray? In my books, <laughs> Dave Murray. No, in my books, uh, Dave. No, no, there isn't. Okay. And, uh, that's though simply because Iron Maiden is my favorite band from from my teenage days and uh, been following them since they're they're right from the beginning from their first album mm. and uh, yeah just I you guys uh, follow me on Twitter and and on Instagram I believe and I had posted a video and pics from uh, the Iron Maiden concert in in Montreal in early August and uh, it was probably about the fourth maybe fifth time I've seen them. And uh, no, they never failed to disappoint. That's, oh yeah, uh, yeah. 
just one of the all-time greats. I had a lot sure. of fun uh, checking. Did they now? Did they come down to Albany? They... I, I, I know that they would have been in New York City for sure, but upstate New York, I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's a little rough um, when it comes to that. A big band like um, like Iron Maiden. Of course, we have the Times Union Center, the former home of the great uh, Albany Devils, which. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, press F for respects. They're not with us anymore. Um, but it's just, it's simply not big enough an arena for, for a group like Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. We get like, um, Metallica comes every once in a while and uh, other things like that. So oh, they, we're still, yeah. Yeah. So, but they don't, but when it comes to Maiden for whatever reason, it's not their, uh, it's not their uh, venue. They'd rather go to, yeah, the garden or, uh, other things of mm-hmm. that nature. But no, uh, right. I saw some of the posts on Twitter. I saw some of the, uh, stuff from the Maiden concert, and definitely they are one of the best in the business when it comes to heavy metal. And I'm actually wondering what if you if you had to to pick an album, John. I know they have a good slew of them. What what was your favorite one? Killers. Killers. Wow, going way back. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good one though. Yeah, without without yeah without even hesitating. Yeah, yeah. No it's like I mean I followed them since their original album, but uh-huh. the second one, Killers. Yep, was uh, where. Uh, they kind of, they and Judas Priest yep. uh, enlightened me. They opened my eyes to the world of metal, and uh, that's that's been my that's been my vibe since uh, my since my teen years. So excellent. You know, I'm aging myself by with that answer. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I can kind of do the math and figure out just how ancient I actually am. <laughs> that's all right. No, I was always uh, fond of uh, Somewhere in Time. That was always uh, my favorite go-to when it came to Maiden. Another classic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, another classic. So, well, that's. But, uh, oh, sorry. If you'll indulge, no, actually, if you'll indulge me, that's that. Um, uh, I, I, I had. Um, I'm trying to. I was trying to remember, knowing that I would talk with you tonight, Dave, uh, with within your panel. Um, uh, I was trying to remember what was the first metal concert I went to, and oh. I believe the first one I did go to was Def Leppard, wow. in the Winnipeg Arena. With Uriah Heep was the opening act, and um, Def Leppard. This was their original lineup. So Pete Willis um, was one of the guitarists, and uh, uh, I remember being there with my buddies. And um, Def Leppard was they they came on the stage, and some guy stood up in front of us, about two rows in front of us, or maybe three, and he stood up and. I, I really shouldn't have done what I did, but oh. he was, he was standing up in front of us, you know, it's the old down in front buddy. Uh-huh. Um, but he was, uh, <laughs> he was enjoying himself. We were up in the stands and, uh, he was, he was standing up and cheering and singing and whatever, but he was blocking our view. Right. And, uh, this is back in the day when, when you could, you could smoke in venues, you could smoke in offices, you could smoke oh, in public yeah. buildings, you could smoke in the FCM. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, and planes. so I had a lit, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I had a lit cigarette in my hand, and oh. I winged it at the guy, oh. hit him right between the shoulder blades on his bare back. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> John <laughs> Lou. Like, oh, no. Buddy, Rip. sit down. Yeah, <laughs> sit down, yeah. And uh, it got his attention for sure. And, uh, yeah, so we enjoyed the rest of the show and he got the message that, he, you know, he got out of our point, he got out of our, got out of our, our, our field of vision. So, but, uh, yeah, we have a long, my friends and I have a long and checkered past when it comes to, to viewing hard rock and heavy metal bands over the years, Dave. That's, that's awesome. That's incredible. No, I, I definitely go out of my way to catch as much as I can. Like I was at heavy Montreal this past summer, uh, in Montreal and, um, Oh, did you? Oh yeah, oh, excellent! Lots of fun, lots of fun. More, more so for a lot of the more side bands and whatnot. But like uh, seeing Gamma Ray live, holy cow, what a group! Mm. That was some good stuff. Not there. familiar with them, but did you catch? Did you catch Metalachi on Sunday? No, that was one that I was at another stage for something else, and I. That's definitely something I'm going to have to fix later on in my life. Oh well, if for for your listenership, because I know you know what. Um, Heavy metal and and hockey, it doesn't matter what team, they sort of go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. And so Metalachi, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the music, but if you like mariachi music and you like metal, yes. you love Metalachi. <laughs> of course. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the wow. chili pepper, the chili, the chili pepper. <laughs> yeah. That's right. that, absolutely, yes. That sounds yeah. like Dave's perfect Metal I I love I do love how metal can take really you know 
traditional uh, music flip it on itself and make it like even more fun and exciting and metalachi is one of them like ale storm takes like you know she shanties and uh makes them more extreme too so I, i'm always i always mm-hmm. like bands that yeah. do that so metalachi is definitely on my list of uh to do's mine yeah. too oh, so to to all the listeners of the happy hour you know it's like you love <laughs> metal do yourself a favor and check out Metalachi on your Google Play or your Apple Music. It's like you will not regret it. There it is. There's John Liu with the recommendation. So, and I'm, I'm not friends with them. I'm not friends with them or anything. I just love that band because they're so unique. Awesome. Oh, that I can't wait. Great. So cool. Well, that's, uh, that's what I had. Veronica, Beth, do you guys have anything else for Mr. Liu? Beth? No. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to um, appreciate the fact that you are, you're in Nova Scotia, so you're even an hour later in the day than Beth and Dave, and so we really appreciate you making the effort to join us. We we've been looking forward to this since you agreed to do it. So yeah, yeah thank you very much. Absolutely. Oh, well, Veronica, thank you very much for asking me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's no, because I've been, uh, I've, I've listened to your podcasts. For, uh, for a number of years now, I enjoy the energy that uh, that the three of you bring to the uh, your passion and energy that you bring to uh, to the work that you're doing and uh, and supporting the team that you love. And uh, so it's uh, it's a pleasure. Anytime you want to have me on, by all means, yes! just uh, that was going to be my next drop a line. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Super, will do. Will do. Thank you so That's much. Awesome. Great. Yes. Um, well, My enjoy, pleasure. enjoy the rest of your vacation. Uh, make sure, Say uh, hi to Mindy. yeah, make sure Mindy doesn't get too yes. out of control. <laughs> oh no, it's too late for that. <laughs> it's <laughs> over. It's finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, well, thank you, John. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be in touch and, uh, enjoy yourself and, uh, you know, go Habs, go, <laughs> go Habs, go, go Habs, go. Thank you very much, you guys. And we'll, uh, we'll chat again soon. Great. Have a good night. Thanks, John. Good night, John. Good night. Okay, you too. All right. Thanks. Good night. <laughs> and did that work? John, are you still there? He probably isn't. I think he's gone. Okay, John's gone. He's gone. Hey, wasn't that cool? He's gone. John's so cool. Yes! He's so wow. cool. That's really cool. I guess I'm going to talk Metal to him G. another time. <laughs> yeah, I did want to <laughs> see Metalachi, but I think I was watching Devin Townsend at the time, and I was like, oh, I can't gotcha. miss Townsend. Come on. So that was no. That's like and Devin Townsend. Townsend. Mm-hmm. Is that is he from Iron Maiden? He is. Um, he's that. He. I've mentioned him because he's actually from uh, Vancouver, and he's that guy. I'm always like, oh Ooh. my god, Veronica. If he ever oh, plays yeah, yeah, yeah. a show, you gotta go because he's super freaking cool. You know. Yeah. So there's that. I can see Veronica in like some leather pants. Ooh. And a black shirt. In my past life. <laughs> Your past life. I was watching. I was watching live acts like every weekend. Wow! I bet I see totally see that easily. Yeah, totally easily. see that. Yeah. So now so, that we have the now that you I have, married a musician and I have an older brother who's a musician. So oh my god, so much kind of music thing to do. So much music. <laughs> so much music. How great! Well, so awesome. Much. So with that being said, um, let's cut to a podcast that is not us so they can do their promo and then we'll be back in a in a second or two right is that how we do this yeah okay yeah yep three two one go three two one In 1957, Laika became the first animal to orbit Earth. What kind of animal was Laika? What is the only team in the Big Four North American Sports Leagues which shares its name with one of the Avengers? And here's one more question for you. Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports and every question in a game relates to some theme like game of thrones internet memes sandwiches or animals in space some of the themes make more sense than others so if you like trivia learning or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience check out our podcast quiz and hers part of the big heads media podcast network quiz and hers the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship 
And we're back. And crap, I gotta. I have to remember. Did that. you write down the time? I'm writing it down now. Let me. I gotta find where my recorder is right now. Okay, one second. David Michelle. I'm not David. Michelle. Get it together. Tab out. Everybody gets, my name's not Michelle. Everybody gets opposite <laughs> middle names. God, there we go. Okay, so 47 <laughs> minute mark. All right. So that was John. Thanks again to John for coming on. Um. We kind of gave him the news from the golf tournament, <laughs> essentially, and that was kind of funny. That was fun. That was like, fun. We get to we get to give John Lou the news. Yeah. Yeah, and we got to hear his first his first opinions. Breaking news from the happy hour. Breaking. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, wow, a bunch of people leaving uh, TSN and Sportsnet. It seems like, well, right? Seriously, yes. they're all. They're Not, just I mean, jumping it ship. Seem like well, by toys. I don't. I don't think. No, it's, well, I know. All of them are by I know, toys. I know, I know. Well, the most so the most disheartening one, in... Veronica. If you want to take it. Oh yeah. So so basically, he is just a contributor to TSN six ninety. The I guess he was on with Tony last year, and prior to that, he was on with uh, the morning show guys. But it's Francois Gagnon who we've mentioned previously on the podcast, and I personally have mentioned that um, I really, really enjoyed his analysis. I find him to be very objective. You know, sometimes I don't love the things that he has to say, but I see, I I, I can see all of his points, and I just find, find him to be a really smart contributor. But he's, I, I imagine he's going to remain with RDS, who's the sister station in French, um, but yeah, he's not going to be on TSN in the morning or on the radio anymore, which is too bad, really, honestly. I think that's a loss for the listeners over there. But the big one is Sportsnet yeah. and all of the personalities that are leaving there. They announced John Shannon today as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I was reading an article yesterday in The Athletic, and I don't want to monopolize this, but um, the sort of, like, it's just kind of, laying out the gigantic contract that Sportsnet signed with the NHL in excess of five and a half billion dollars through 2026. And then, so there's a, they pay a portion of that every year, but it increases every year, whatever the, whatever that's called, the, the installment. Wow. It, it increases annually. And um, they've had the misfortune uh, in recent years uh, for Hockey Night in Canada and, you know, just basic hockey TV coverage in Canada of uh, the live games is that in 2016, not a single Canadian team made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then last year, not a single Canadian team went beyond round one. And so they've been taking a hit. And who's going to pay? Who's, who's paying is the personalities. And Kiprios, I imagine... After being there, what are you eating? Who's eating? David? It's me. It's me. Oh, I had a, tr- okay, it's a chocolate. Oh, you do whatever you need to do. Um, Excuse <laughs> <David>? me. <laughs> if you can open the wrapper away from the microphone. It was away from the microphone. It's just a very aggressive wrapper. Well, it wasn't that far. I'll tell you that much. But I was thinking, because Kiprios was there, he's been there since his hockey career ended, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he's been there for 21 years. So you can imagine the coin that he was bringing in. He was a banner guy for them. He was one of the first, yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So interesting yeah, times. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One era ends, another begins, and so yeah. life goes on. <laughs> and here we are. The pages turn. The pages turn. Uh, dust the, in the wind. We're the, dust in the wind. The tide comes in. It's all we are. And goes out. It comes in. And, uh, it goes and then it goes away. That's right. Um, we <laughs> sow the seeds I on the fields. close my and that's when John Liu stopped listening to that. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, and I'm out. And bye. Wow, yeah, he cut out in a nick of time because we were about to get obnoxious. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good job, everybody. Good job. Yeah. Well done. And um, 
Oh, that's some news. So that's that. What's that? So that's that. Yeah, that's that. Um, that's that with Sportsnet. Yeah. <laughs> Who's a rival of TSN, by the way. And the happy hour. So when hour. you mentioned Eric Engels, I was like, oh. <laughs> and the happy hour, yeah. That's competition. Oh, wait, is he? Shit. I didn't realize that's that. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Damn it. It's just, it's it's our little podcast. Oh, I messed up. <laughs> that's okay. But, you know, they they... Like, they're so careful. Like, when I listen to Melnick, he brings up Friedman all the time, even though he's not allowed to anymore. And he always prefaces it by, mm -hmm. by saying, I shouldn't be, I'm, I, we're not allowed to talk about him, but I'm talking about when mm -hmm. he used to come on our show. Because mm. he, he's previously, he was TSN previously or something. I'm not quite sure. But Interesting. Yeah, they, they're, they're very careful not to reference each other, but they respect each other. And fair enough, it's, you're just talking about something that you saw on Twitter. Something that but yeah, on Twitter. Sportsnet is Rogers and TSN is not the same thing. Wow. So yeah. congrats to the Habs. You're in Albany. So get, yeah, I don't, don't know shit. So. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, he could, he's not allowed to say go Habs go, is he? No, because of the NHL. Uh, yeah, he's, pro, no, the, he's the, a professional. The Professional Hockey Writers Association. Oh, interesting. The thing yeah, is, because remember, are allowed to say go have skull. We are because we are not professionals. No, <laughs> no. In case you guys didn't know, we're, we're not a Habs podcast. We're a Habs fan, fan podcast. podcast. Yeah, just in so, case um, anyone makes to, wants to make a comment on it. Yeah. Regardless think... of that, congrats to the Habs for hitting 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yay! Man, whoop, moving whoop. on. Yes. The first NHL team to do that. Good content. Good content. Good content. Just wholesome. Mm -hmm. Good content. Wholesome. wholesome. Jeff Love Petrie dogs. blowing up Coke cans. Dude, they Bites were okay. Flower. Can we talk about that, please? Sure. Or are we saving that for a minute? No, nah, we might as well since Veronica hates him. Well, uh, <laughs> he's also our feature this week. So yeah, he is. He is. He is our player of the week, Perfect. Jeff Petrie. We've held Trey. off on um, Jeff Petrie because of all the things that Veronica hates in the world, I can count them on one hand. God. And one of my fingers that I count on that hand is labeled Jeff Petrie. I never understood no. why. <laughs> I never understood you why. You exaggerate. I exaggerate. Well, yes. Because okay. it's also true. <laughs> What were you gonna say, Beth? About just like okay, so it was mostly it was about the coke cans. So I thought they were gonna be set up on something like the flower bag one. No, they're hanging. But no, they're dangling Suspended. there, and they, then he cuts them in half, all of them, first try. <laughs> probably I don't know that it was edited, so maybe. But I was like, I was like, oh shit! Like I saw that they were tied up to the net, and I was like, oh dear God. You know, it's kind this of funny that ridiculous. they're that they do this with Jeff Petrie. Cause I'm like, well, they did it with Shea Weber first. When? Like a month ago. With what? A hockey puck. No. What was he shooting oh, at? I don't remember. I have to look. I have to find the. Video. You're lying. I don't think that happened. I, I swear they did one with Shea Weber. <laughs> what did he hit? No. Hold on. That didn't happen. No way. I've been keeping track, waiting for the Shea Weber one to drop because whatever they put him in against is just going to get obliterated. I'm surprised Jeff cut the cans in half, honestly. I'm surprised he hit him. I mean, it might have took him five why, hours. Why does everybody dislike Jeff Petrie so much? Because he takes shots and he ruins plays. Allow myself to explain. Allow myself, myself to introduce <laughs> myself. <laughs> this is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what we're laughing at. <laughs> what, what? What was his name? And this is my wife, Oprah. I don't know if he did that though. No, he it's... did. He uh, said, "Allow myself to introduce yes, myself." <laughs> he said that, but his wife knows that same table with them. His Ivana. wife is Oprah. Really? I gotta rewatch yes, the movie. I think that's from the original. Beth, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about Austin Powers. Yeah. I also like to live oh. dangerously. <laughs> I'm an Austin Powers fan. So. No, it wasn't craps. It was a uh, black jack. So good. I'll stay. Sir, you have a 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I thought right. it was Shea Weber. Let, let me explain. Uh, I knew I was right from the beginning. Dave. <laughs> colorful words that I don't want to say to you in front of other people are, <gasps> are Hundreds coming of out people. of my mouth right now. <laughs> Hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. We'll, we'll discuss this later. Our dozens of listeners. Our dozens. Our 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 tight knit group of vigilante <laughs> hockey fans. Vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we we appreciate you. Let me tell you about Jeff Petrie. Tell me about Jeffrey Petrie and his three boys, Boyo, Boyette, oh and Boygo. Oh my god! <laughs> the latest. The latest. Um, edition of the of the petri clan was featured again was it on instagram uh yeah i would imagine sleeping on a helmet it was on all social media yeah oh cute his little his little pants yeah his little (laughs) freaking levi's no you can see his his knee through them they're just little like knit things they're like little knit and he's his face is exactly like his big brothers Mm -hmm. yeah oh my god those three so cute. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, guessing they look like their dad when he doesn't have a beard. I'm gonna put a a poll up on uh, the internet. Give me a second. Which one's the cutest? Don't make us choose. No, no, no. I was. I'm gonna put up a poll saying, um, if the Petries have a fourth boy, what will his name be? <laughs> it's gonna take me some so time. So when Jeff, <laughs> so when uh, Jeff Petrie, when he came to the Habs. From Edmonton. Sorry, sorry, what happened? Edmonton. No, with respect to our listeners in Edmonton. Great city. There are Habs fans in Edmonton. There are Habs fans in Edmonton. Whenever we my son's actually visiting his best friend over there in Edmonton right now. Yeah, Dave. Second time this year. Um. So when we we acquired him, he turned out to be a lovely surprise, and it was right before. Um, it was, we got him at the trade deadline, maybe. I can't remember. I should have looked this up. He is our player of the week after all. But I had Well, you hate him, Jeff so Petrie. why? Well, hush now. Let me explain. <laughs> he, I, I adored him when he first came over. He was a great addition to the team. He loved Montreal. And he did not test free agency when he had the opportunity. And he signed on, on the dotted line to remain with the city. Point one. So that is something that. I have always respected and admired about him. It was after we got um, Shea Weber. And it was after we got Shea Weber that I think it was it kind of it kind of happened in the middle of that season that when it was quite apparent that Shea Weber was not the the, the shit player that the narrative that had been established over the summer um he he didn't he he proved to be much better than that terrible declining awful has been that you know some of the media in Montreal had declared him to be when it became obvious that he was not that that he was quite good then it had to be well he's not the best defenseman on the team Jeff Petrie's the best defenseman and it was like first of all again like we mentioned last week why do we have to pick favorites now i understand the and hatred so and it was it was just <laughs> this relentless jeff petrie campaign as jeff petrie is the best jeff petrie is an excellent defenseman he's an excellent second pairing he is excellent at that shea weber gets the tougher matchups gets the tougher minutes gets a tougher you know it and and we don't have to compare them but it's always this relentless thing of it's it's almost i take it as anti shea weber and it's just so stupid and there's another thing while we're on this it's kind of related talking about established narratives um there was that article yesterday in the athletic that was about um pk suban's social media so i thought this like when i'm when i see things that are from an obviously or ideally an objective source i'm gonna read it and i'm an i'm a subscriber to the athletic so i read this article especially because they described him as fearless and that for me i didn't 
see that anywhere in the okay. article so sort of corroborated. I, I mean, back up for that claim, but I whatever. I brought that point up saying that P.K. Subban's use of social media is fearless. No. <sighs> He's using it as a celebrity does, and celebrities are not fearless. No. They're just celebrities. Let's... So Move it Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Like, he's but, using it. He, he wants the attention. He wants everybody talking about him. He wants he, he wants the paparazzi. He wants the notoriety. He wants everybody talking about him, whether it's good or bad. Oh, he shit. wants that. He needs it. He craves it. So that's what he's doing. And all the power to him because he's highly successful at it. So that's one thing. Yeah, but he's the not Zach Boychuk successful. That's true. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah. Um, Zach. Um, 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 Damn it, Zach. um, oh, there was a good point in there by, I, I, I didn't see what her name was, but she's some kind of like a social media analyst for sports. And she said something that I really agree with regarding that social media thing. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, he gets ahead of it because he's telling everybody who he is and it's for people who don't, you know, sort of take advantage of social media and, or, or who aren't even on social media, everybody else establishes the narrative about them. So PK is in everybody's face and this is who I am and I'm so fun and I'm so this and I'm so that. And he's, you know, everybody's like personality. He's got personality and all of this stuff. He's telling everybody who he is. With people like Shay Weber, he's not out there trying to proclaim who he is. So other people establish that narrative. And so in Montreal, when, um, you know, you get a a couple of media voices coming out onto social media to try to tell everybody, you know, you know, months before the pucks even dropped in Montreal that the trade was lost with Shea Weber or Jeff Petrie is the better hockey player and nobody refutes that and nobody cares. So that, that established or that narrative just kind of perdures in social media because other people who haven't waited to watch a game or have, you know, any kind of other, you know, they just take that opinion and it becomes the truth. And so that's what pisses me off. I don't want to hate Jeff Petrie and I don't, I met him in Vancouver and I shook his hand and he is a gentleman and he and his wife produce beautiful children and he's a very good hockey player, but it's just that narrative and that just need to somehow justify that the trade was lost when we traded PK Subban for Shea Weber. It's just very annoying. And it, it becomes hard for me to dissociate that from the player. Word. That's all. <clears throat> I hope I explain myself well. So, yes. So, Jeff okay. Petrie was um, <laughs> selected by the Edmonton Oilers in the second round, <laughs> 45th overall, <laughs> at the 2006 NHL entry draft, a year after uh, our beloved Carey Price. And uh, he played for the Edmonton Oilers for blah, 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 blah. And then he was traded to the Habs in 2015. And as Veronica said, he surrendered his free agent status in order to sign a six-year contract with the Habs, good until the season after the next. Uh, his father, Dan Petrie, was a former Major League Baseball pitcher. And a pitcher, and I want my Quebecois friends to correct me, I believe a pitcher is a lancer. In French. Lanceur. A lancer, essentially. I was like, oh, wow, that's a mm-hmm. cool fucking name for a pitcher. But, um, <laughs> so, no, no, I'm sorry. Aside from that, yeah, no, Veronica, I absolutely agree with you. Everything that revolves around Jeff Petrie is always on a side of bias that I don't like. Yes. I was a part of that bias, too, for a I long time. I don't like time. it either. And, I but, never was. But, well, okay, fine. And then, um, then Shea Weber came back and everything made more sense. Um... Yeah, because putting putting poor Petrie on the top uh, pairing and having him do that, granted he did it and uh, to mixed results, but it doesn't – Well, if it's, he it's, gets it's too his, many minutes, that's thing. when he makes mistakes, mm-hmm. and it's not his fault, and he he really he really held the fort. Yeah, he's not built for when that Shea position. When Weber was out. And plus, no. and plus, he was like – he was the staple there while they were rotating Ben. 
Matei. Yes. Um, Christ, um, other players at the time too that I can't recall, but that was the thing. Like he never had a solid partner to learn with, learn their, um, you know, how they play and whatnot in actual, you know, high octane game situations. So I thought Petrie did, did get the short end of the stick, but he's a have and he's still with us. And with that being said, he has posted one after another starting last year, last season. Well, okay, the season before last with uh, 42 points, 42 points as a defenseman. That's not yep. bad. 12 Nothing goals. Nothing to sneeze at. 30 it's assists. Great. 30 assists. 42 points in the 2017-18 season. Last year, he beat those numbers in all columns. Uh, but he matched his... Wow, he matched his penalty minutes. Anyway, um, with so from 42 points, he got himself 46 points. 33 assists, 13 goals. Yeah, you know, people want to throw him into a ditch. It's like, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely pas. Exactly. Okay, so that that's that's amazing. Ah, crap. Where is the? I thought I was going to get a. He's a great player for us, and he doesn't always have to be compared to Shea Weber. And he's a great player for us. And he's a Montreal Canadian, and he picked us. Yup. And that's all there is to that. That's all we got to say about that. The end. Goodbye until I figure out the thing I'm looking for. Fine. He. He got more points than Kokaniemi, Weber, Byron, Lekkinen, Armia, Ben, Kulak, Matei, etc., etc. <laughs> but wow. that's it's amazing. It's amazing. Of course, he out. It's amazing. He outscored Weber. Why? Because Weber played 58 games. Petrie, Iron Man season, all 82 games. And the only Ooh, other players shit. to play every game were the usual suspects. Max Domi played every game. Brendan Gallagher played every game. Jeff Petrie and Arturi Lekkinen. And Jonathan Drouin missed one. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, uh, the guy's a committed player, and I, yeah, I want him on the team. I want him to be successful. I want him to have another banner year, or at least one damn close to it. So, it's it's, a, yes. it's some good stuff. It is some good stuff. He's, he's a good boy -o. He's a good boy -o. Yeah. And I don't yeah. hate him. I, 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 I. It's fine for me for that to be the joke, but it's not true. Wait a second. What? There's a... How could I hate Jeff Petrie? What the hell? He's a good hockey player. No, no, I was... For my team. Whoa. Uh, sorry. Something on Wikipedia threw me for a loop. They, I thought something there said he won a bronze medal with Sweden and Finland in 2013. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. What? He's an American. He's from Des Moines. How? Oh, God. That, Prayers and blessings. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, God bless our listeners in Des Moines. You guys! <laughs> we don't want to alienate our Des Moines listeners. Love you guys. Des Moines. Des Moines. De Des Moines. What, what does Des Moines mean? I think the... No. Oh, I'm lying. He's from Ann Arbor. Like, Moines is less, but that is without an E. Oh, really? Sorry, Des Moines. Yeah. Hold on. We we can Wikipedia it or subtract. No, that's good. Like that's, when you subtract, it's like that's quatre moins deux equals. It means monks. Alleged. Oh no. Hold on. Um. Oh. It means from or of the monks. Wow. It's allegedly claim. Um. The name is allegedly derived from Moyona. Which is an Algonquin clan name, which means loon. What? What? That's amazing. What? Wait, like the bird? Yes. Okay. That's great. <laughs> welcome to, We've all welcome to Milwaukee, Algonquin <laughs> for the good land. <laughs> oh, this guy knows his stuff. <laughs> I wish Lou was here. Damn it! Oh, damn it! What a person! All this, yeah. We'll hear it later. We'll hear it later. Jesus, so she's been listening to our work from the beginning, which is pretty cool. So and, I mean, and we have a couple of minutes, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other uh stuff that happened. Uh, the big Max Domi stuff against uh, Toronto, 
That was funny. Against Toronto. Against Toronto. <laughs> they yes. weren't even there. <laughs> well, it was funny because he's just—he's just answering the question from the bottom of his heart, you know, like yeah. he's just kind of like getting into this blank stare, kind of in a trance, and it's just this stream of consciousness, and he hasn't even—I don't think he's even realized what he's just said. And then the reporter's like, uh, um, oh, excuse me, do you mm-hmm. mean, do you really mean, like, and then he, that's when he realized, oh, we're going to make this about a Toronto versus Montreal thing. And then he started having fun with it. He's a chirper. He's like, absolutely. He's like that's his thing. King of the church. Waivers. 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 Like, I'll say something at work that rhymes with waivers, and then I'll say it like I'll say it like Max Toby says waivers, and nobody else around me gets no. it. And they look at me like I'm insane, and I'm like, it's it's a hockey thing. It's Even a gosh. hockey thing. It's a hockey thing. The guy was talking to a guest about hockey um, at work last week, and we were getting we were it wasn't like it we were in a, in a fun argument, a casual argument, and he called my partner over to get her opinion and she was like listen elizabeth does not get excited about that excited about anything unless it's hockey and she's like the only thing i know about hockey is that it's played on ice and that's it so i cannot get involved and we laughed because it was true (laughs) it was about hockey um funny because it's true but yeah we all say i i use max domi's waivers all the time Waivers. Waivers. And with the shape of the mouth and like closing his eyes, it's like, I don't even know. I don't even care about your feelings right now. <laughs> it was so, it was such a very villain. childish, but it was cute and fun. <laughs> when was the last time the Habs had a villain? Hmm. 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 Yeah, and, and they, they hate him all the more in Toronto because they just... It's like, please like my city, please like my team. And now, I it's love this city. Domi's son, who's like, yep. yeah, who doesn't love Toronto? Toronto's it's so amazing. fun. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's so, it's such insecurity. Funny such story. Insecurity. Yeah. Funny ask. story. I've been to Toronto once. And I was for there concert. for, yes, four hours. <laughs> And I was there to watch Iron Maiden. Wow. Whoa. That is a true story. Mastodon Come opened full up. Full circle. <clears throat> yep. Mastodon opened for them. It was uh, Iron Maiden's, uh, ooh, it was their, it was one of their throwback tours where they were running through their 80s catalog, which has like, I don't know, eight CDs or something like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot in there. It was a lot of fun. And then I drove albums. all the way back. Yes, eight albums. Yeah. Yeah. LPs. LPs. Uh, singles. Vinyl. Mm-hmm. Vinyls. Six inches mm-hmm. or is it six point yeah. fives? I don't know. With the singles, I don't know either. I was never a record person. Oh, single. Oh, I mean, singles are forty fives usually. No, forty five. Ro- that's like rotations. That's oh. but they're. 45 RPM? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... Uh... Um, what about the 8-track? I what is what I don't know anything about an 8-track. Oh, please, enlighten to, her. So I don't know what... I, I don't... I'm not that old, but I believe... Because it's, it's a joke. It's kind of like the beta, which you also won't know what that is. A Betamax? I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah, so it kind of came out at the same time. It was kind of a rival of the VHS. Wow. And, and apparently it was the superior of the two systems. However, I think VHS was more affordable and just became more mainstream, and Betamax just got er, phased out. Okay, we're talking about two different things here. Are we? VHS and Betamax are things. VHS and Betamax doesn't have anything to do with 8-tracks, though. No, so that's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Is apparently, the eight track was short lived, and it was a, it was like a, uh, like a, like a, like a cassette. Mm-hmm. But it only had eight songs. So. Oh, and they're shaped so weirdly. Yeah, I, it's like a floppy disk and a cassette had a baby. 
I had a Camaro when I was a child that had an 8-track in it, and I switched it out for Holy a CD player. Shit. That wow. Camaro had um, tiger print ceiling, leather seats, oh and it was a piece of effing work. You should have seen this car. It was awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep, it was a standard uh, V8. All sorts of stuff. That thing could move. Nice. Holy Christ. And then I crashed it into a bridge. Oh. I crashed my car into a bridge. Yeah. Did you hurt yourself? No, I didn't hurt myself. I love it. I Just the car. Only my pride. My soul. Care. What about laser disc? I mean. Laser disc? Alright, I think we gotta go now. Because <laughs> this is becoming a, in a, in a retro technology podcast, which is fascinating. Oh, which they're is, so big! Which is a fascinating. That's what she said! <laughs> now oh. we have to go. <laughs> okay. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.